Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. It's the end of the world as we uh, know it. That was an unple- unpleasant way to start. Well, I mean, it's unpleasant outside right now as we record this show. Yeah, hopefully the the last snowstorm of the year. The last nor'easter. Uh, about that. No, it's the last one. Okay, well, I'll let you believe <laughs> that for now. We're not getting any more snow after this. Sick of the shit. All right, well, I'll let you believe that for now. All right, what do we got going on this week? Beware the Ides of March. It's not on here. Oh, okay. It's not on there? There are no Ides of March on here now. Oh, damn. All right. I don't know how that would connect to anything. Uh, I mean, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> sure, you connect to a lot of things. Uh, but we got the news of the week. Weird TV facts. Ooh, Let's I like the TV thing. I like that. Sports reports. Hey, mm. we're talking a bit of TV this week. Some Picard, some The Last of Us, and your questions. Yes. That's about it. That's the whole show. Yeah. Easy show. Quick it's, show. It'll be the same length as any show. It's fair enough. This is an hour-long show. Dag nabbit. Excellent. But yeah, if you want to jump uh, jump around to any specific topic, time codes are listed down below. What? That's it. That's a thing that we do. So, with all that out of the way, in case we lose power. Yes. Actually, that's a reason to try and maybe power through this. I was just saying. In case we lose power in the middle of it. Yeah, and, and I have to drive home in the middle of this blizzard at night. Yeah, you don't have power right now. I don't. You're, you're a cold boy. I have no power! All right, let's just... Hated that. We're going to jump straight into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Well, let's... God, I don't even know where to start with this. But I guess we'll just start at the top and work our way down. Okay. Because <laughs> there's some biggies and some smaller ones. It's usually a good place to start. Hey, Evil Dead Rise is coming out next month? April? Yeah, April. It's coming out next month. Okay. And it's been teased, although Bruce Campbell has retired as Ash Williams, that he has some kind of... A cameo in the movie and something hidden so i imagine it probably under makeup or maybe a voice thing but the director said the first person who messages him on twitter who finds it he'll give him 50 bucks oh wow <laughs> so there you go will you be watching intently well i'll be watching it intently when it's available on streaming oh so it'll be long past the time yeah i think someone will find it probably in the first screening and then when i eventually get around to it in a number of months then you should still tweet at me like hey is it too late for that 50 dollars <laughs> yeah I mean, sure, it's all over the internet, but can I have it? Yeah, good point. I mean, whatever. It'd be weird if like Bruce Campbell had nothing. I mean, he's acting as a producer, so he's not doing nothing. But yeah, he showed uh, the 2013 reboot that went nowhere. Was, was it 2012? That area, 2013, I think. Okay, he wasn't in the movie at all, except he was in a, a literal like two second post credit scene where he just turned a camera, said "groovy," and that was it. Well, that works. <laughs> that was his entire role in that movie. It's pretty easy to find him in that. Yeah. You just had to sit through 10 minutes of credits for two seconds. But to be fair, of what I remember that of that movie, that's it. I remember that post-credits stinger, so. That's not very memorable for the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, I don't remember anything else. That 90 happens. minutes and 10 minutes of credits for that. Ooh, I wrote this one down for you. Oh, okay. Try and contain yourself. God damn it. I will. Machete kills again in space. Has Shut up. It's not. Nothing's happening yet. This isn't a vaudeville act. Just doing faces. I was excited, and then he ripped it away from me. Uh, down uh, South by Southwest is happening, ooh, still, I think, right now. And director Robert Rodriguez was being interviewed by Deadline. He's like, yeah, people keep on asking for this. 
And I mean, that's how the first Machete got made was, you know, it was a fake trailer in the middle of a movie and people kept saying, yeah, but it looks real. We want it. And we want it. And we want it. And because of, people said it enough, it eventually happened. So, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> that's basically, he basically said that he, it's going to happen. He, he said that a few times, but I mean, we'll see what that means. Everybody wins. Robert Rodriguez, for the most part, seems to get his projects off the ground that he wants to get done. It's true. With the exception of like there was, like, he was going to do like the Attack of the Fifty Foot Women with Rose McGowan or something. I like that was announced, seemed to be happening, and then went nowhere. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, most of what he seems to say that I'm going to do this, he does. So good on him. Maybe one day. Maybe with just an aging Danny Trejo, but I don't care because that dude's awesome. He is. He could train like a new machete. No, he's going to space. We already saw the trailer. That's a good point. He is Machete kills again in space. The Oscars happened. They did. I didn't watch. I didn't watch either. Actually, this is the first time in forever I didn't watch a single second of the Oscars. I saw some of the highlights after the fact. Yeah. I mean, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, cleaned house with seven. Yep. Yeah. Seven of their 11 nominated categories, like hitting all the big ones. Yeah. Best supporting actor and actress. Did it get, a lead actor went to Brendan Fraser. Lead actress went to whom? It went to Michelle Yeoh. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. So, and the, then best picture, best director, all that stuff. Yeah. Top yeah. Gun Maverick won a an Oscar. Was it sound design. Yes, it Maybe. did. Achievement in sound design. Yeah, it's not like I looked at the full list because I'm sure this is exciting for the people involved. I I don't care about awards at all in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but short round, he won. That yeah, that was nice. Yeah, uh, Kihi Kwan. Yep. Yeah, and he, he gave a, a very emotional speech, and that's about the longest thing I watched from the Oscars was that, like that two-minute speech. Also, the fact that Brendan Fraser, once in Encino Man and The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, won an Oscar for Best, best Actor. Yeah. And I'll watch The Whale when the streaming rental price isn't 20 bucks. Yeah. That's when I'll see The Whale. And even then, as long as I haven't forgotten about it at that point. I'm sure you won't forget about it. I don't know. I was I watched some of like, I got about halfway through of like all like the best picture nominations. A few of them I'm looking at. I'm like I'm never getting to this. Yeah. It's like I just know I'm not going to. Like I'm going to immediately forget about them in like two weeks. Like I, didn't, like, I was barely aware of them leading into this, and I'm going to forget about them as we leave. That's just what happens with a lot of you know those award season pictures. Yeah, they just kind of if I either if I either don't see them immediately, it's just not happening. That's fair. All right. Ooh. Here's a stupid one. Okay. Moving on from the Oscars. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Big winner. Not a huge shocker. That movie rocks. I love that movie. It's one of those movies. I'm glad I saw that in theaters when I did. Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad director David Ayer. Yep. Has brought up a regret that he has about that movie. And what regret is that? Uh, something we all regretted immediately. The Joker face tattoos. Oh, yes. Yeah, maybe that was a little too far. Maybe it made him look a little too stupid. Yeah. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I I never fall into that like clowns are scary thing. It's I get like if you're trying to look like a scary clown, but I think the answer to the Joker is shouldn't look like a douchebag. Yes, you try to make him look like a criminal underlord. That's or a, overlord, I should well, say. Take away like the Jared Leto aspect of it, where I didn't really like his performance or whatever. But even we're just saying like physically, mm. like you could make that guy look like something, and he just looks like such a douchebag. It's yeah. So after yeah. the fact, like maybe this was a little much. Yeah, it was. The fact that everyone hated it. I remember when that first photo got released. He has like a um, a purple latex glove on, like screaming, like head in his uh, hands in his hair, trying to look like a Brian Bolin piece of art. And everyone hated it. And the reaction was, "We're doubling down on this." Yeah, you hate it, then you'll get more of it. Yeah, yeah. Those tattoos are all stupid. Mm. He just said the face ones. I say all of them. Just keep going. Take them all off. Yes. Goodbye, tattoos. 
All right, we got the, some interesting news out of uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger. Oh, okay. All kinds of stuff. Some people are upset. Some people are worried. I think most of what he says kind of makes sense. All right. Uh, first up, he said, uh, looking kind of back at the success of Marvel and what made it work was kind of things being novel. So part of that is going to be, he says, there, there might be fewer sequels, fewer part threes, fewer part fours. That like just because a character is there doesn't mean that you need to do that entire franchise. Like if you told the story you need to tell, you can get in, you get it, can get out, and it also opens up more opportunity to get uh, different kinds of movies in there. Yeah, like okay, I, this is I don't know. Think of something that's coming up. Like like maybe there's not like a Shang Chi two or something. Okay, yeah, and I, some of them they think they've already effectively done it. Like I mean, the Hulk happened for like legal reasons. Like Black Widow. Sure looks like that's only going to be a one-off. So, I mean, there's already been a little bit of precedent. But moving forward, you know, do we really need an Ant-Man 2 or 3? Like, mm. Yeah, maybe not. But he's also saying with part of, like, that novel aspect is within the next five years, it's going to be an entirely new set of Avengers. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that doesn't really come as a surprise. No, it's not anything that we didn't already know was going to happen. No, I'm curious what that means for, like, because I'm sure that'll mean, like, look, Hemsworth is going to be done, like, Ruffalo, maybe, who knows what he's in for what he's out for but like that those guys will probably be gone but i don't know what that means for like your doctor strange's or your spider-man's or something like do they kind of count as you know the old guard now or like they getting kicked out like i don't know that's a great question not quite because there's also with at least within these movies what avengers means is a very broad term i say there have been lots of avengers yeah but it's like a catch-all for like everyone who's there versus like an actual like set team yeah that's a good point so i don't really so like it's a little vague to me what that means uh, he also was talking about star wars and part of the reason behind uh, those cancellations we were talking about is that they are going to be pickier like that they can't treat star wars quite the same way that they treat marvel they need to get the right movie yeah i think that makes sense i think you want to do star wars wasn't always meant to wasn't meant to be this saturated the one that he pulled the example of, he's like, Solo is a bit of a disappointment for us. Like, what about Rise of Skywalker? How about that? Is yeah, that a bit of a disappointment? since it was part of the mainline story. But also, they might call Solo a disappointment because it cost them a lot of money because they shot it twice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> so point. Maybe that's why it was a disappointment. Yeah. Because they had to pay for double the movie. Yes. And that cut into their ability to make money. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for, I don't know. Being selective, making the right choices, and not just churning things out as part of the machine. Mm, true. And I understand, like, every piece of, you know, content out there is designed to make money. That's what, what its goal is, but I don't know. I don't, And I don't know when that saturation point is for me or for other people. Like, one is too much of a good thing, like, too much of what is it just, like, you become numb to it. Well, again, it's the bell curve theory, right? You've got 10% on one end that will love anything you do, 10% on the other end that will not like what you do no matter what. It's the 80% in the middle. How much of that can you pull to one side or the other? And uh, I forget the name of that term. Like when you feel trapped, like I've invested this much time, I just have to keep going. <laughs> There's a term for that. I forget what it is now. Toxic relationship. No, I don't think it was yeah. that. But, oh, okay. But yeah, I, mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And absolutely something preferable for me because there, there is just so much out there. And now we're getting a lot of the same. So yeah, like focus on quality, slow the brakes, could give good results. I, I don't see, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't see how they don't get good results if they're more selective. I mean, easy, ex- recent examples, like look at Avatar 2. That was like a 12-year difference that that thing made a few billion. Just a few. Yeah. Just a few. Oops. Someone oh. made an oopsie. Oh, no. Who made the oopsie? Uh, writer, comic writer Tom King. 
Oh no! What did he do? <laughs> um, he announced something he's not supposed to announce. Oopsie! Um, he's been a, a big name for like I, don't, I mean he started releasing stuff like 2013 ish, but like kind of starting in like 2015 he became like even a little earlier. Yeah, he became a, a very big writer. He's done a lot of stuff, and a lot of what we've seen coming out of the DC whatever they're calling it, Chapter One or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. their Gods and Monsters segment. Like they made like all, a lot of those announcements, and one of them was around the Superman movie. Uh, Tom King's stuff is being adapted. He He's the guy who uh, wrote the Supergirl book that that whole movie is going to be based on. Probably some of the Swamp Thing stuff looks like it might take from him based on the images they released. So his work is well inundated within the movie stuff. He was in an interview. He's like, oh, yeah, James Gunn is writing and directing the Superman movie where a director had not previously been announced. Well... You can be the head of the the whole project and the head of movies too. Uh, so that interview was taken down. Oh. It was a video interview. It was a. I don't know if it's been re-uploaded yet, but it was being re-uploaded, um, removing that little bit of content. Oh, well, guess what? It's out there now. Yeah, it was basically like immediately. The internet is forever. <laughs> yeah. So um, sure, I'm not surprised by it either. Like, if he's going to be running this division, and I'm. I shouldn't say I'm well aware because I don't know what it takes to direct a movie or run a multi-million dollar division for a company. Yeah. But if the idea is this is what we're doing and we need to set the tone for what this universe is going to be, it doesn't surprise me that he'd want to direct that. No. And get, and get the tone right. Yeah. Plus the chance to direct a Superman movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oopsie. Wasn't supposed to say that. Did you watch the final Mario trailer? I forgot to. No, I, I did not. That's fine. I... A lot of people are really into this. I don't care at okay. all. Well, it's fair. It, it's it's not doing anything for me. It's not even like Chris Pratt is Mario. What? It's just more. I look at it. I go. This looks expensive, but it, I mean, for even like being like as big of a Nintendo like fan as I am, and like the only system I really own anymore. It's true. Well, you still have your. Well, I mean, anything that's current. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Your PlayStation Three isn't current enough for you. No. Okay. My Blu-ray player. Yeah, your Blu-ray player. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. With DVD upscaling. <laughs> Great. But yeah, it's just it's not for me. I mean, looking at the trailer, it looks like it's. I bet people will enjoy it. It looks good. It's just not clicking with me in any way. And so those, I'm like, oh, I'll see it like when it comes out. And then I was thinking, I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, stream it. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, I mean that's about it. It's just I don't. Know, it look it looks so whatever to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be your standard fair kids movie. With I hope, I hope it does well. I hope people enjoy it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to get around to that one. It'll be your sta- like I said, standard fair kids movie with something in there for adults. Yeah, the only thing that I've enjoyed coming out of this is um, it was it clearly like a fake setup. Some of the cast was going on the Kelly Clarkson show, and Jack Black's in the back. He's refusing to come out because he's like, I, I was told that everyone was dressing up in costume, and it's just me. And he's in this Bowser costume. Oh. It's very like, oh no, come on out, like haha, they. Like I mean, no, it's not something that was supposed to trick you. It was just a no. thing. But what was hilarious about it is Jack Black comes out and he starts like dancing around his Bowser in like this big yellow felt costume, and they his balls are blurred out. Like, I don't know like how obvious they were. Oh no! <laughs> in that yellow suit that he's jumping around oh, in. Oh no! But the second he walks out, they have a blur effect over his crotch. That's not <laughs> like. Oh no! How prominent was it that you felt the need to? <laughs> blur it out yeah it clearly was not the intention to like come out like ah look at it it was more an after the fact thing of like well the better question is can really see his balls how large are they like how large was the blur spot did he need a big blur or small blur i don't know man i don't know how to tell you how big or small someone's dick is in a yellow dinosaur costume regular amount of testicle blurring 
Or was it was it his balls or Bowser's balls? Oh, they were his balls. Ah. Oh, there you go. I found that Mario's. I found Jack Black's balls more interesting than the trailer. I will never look at Mario the same way again. Hey, remember uh, one of the many cost-cutting measures that HBO Max took was shit-canning the upcoming Bruce Tim Batman animated series, The Caped Crusader. Yes, I do remember that. Well, it found a home and it got a two-season order. Amazon? Amazon, baby. Ah, look at me guessing. Is that Amazon money? Great. This seemed like such an obvious home run. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I know that you're just, like, trying to do things that are definitely going to make you money, and just this one felt, mm-hmm, mm. power's flickering. Yep. Huh? Ooh. Maybe I don't get a pie tonight. <laughs> a chicken pot pie on pie day. Is it me or is the light feel dimmer now? It's like not back to full power. That's just you. Okay. You're just, you've gone mad with power. Mm. I don't have any power. That's the problem. Yeah. Two All season right. order. This is going to be great. Or, yes. I hope it is. But boy, will I be watching it, because even if it's not great, I'm going to be sitting there going, like, it's going to get good eventually. It has to. I'd imagine. I mean, the people like Matt Reeves, the director of the Batman and Bruce Tim, doing this together, it's like, feels like it should work. I mean, obviously, the downside now is um, Kevin Conroy is obviously out as the voice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was ever going to be him in the first place because it was supposed to be like a younger Batman, but, you know, the hope on that one is um, no longer there. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. I mean, other people have done it, but no one's done it as well. So we'll see. And then, hey, I already brought his name up. Tom King, guy who I said um, is uh, heavily involved with DC movie stuff, and also a lot of his work is getting adapted. It was announced this week that him and artist David Sampier are going to be relaunching Wonder Woman with a number one, which means go to the comic book stores, all you speculators, because this book's going to sell like gangbusters. Ooh. At least the number one is because number one, the speculation market on this, based on his involvement with the movies, people are going to snatch this thing up. At least its number one sales are going mean, to be through the roof, and probably the rest of it too. Like his books usually do good numbers, but when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that'll be fun," and that's an exciting announcement. But immediately, my memory just went to the speculator market. Mm. People are going to buy that like crazy. Yes, yes, they are. I gotta go buy ten myself. Mm, I like it. No, I won't. <laughs> That's really speculative of you. I'll um, check it out when it gets collected in a graphic novel, because that's what I do now. And that's the news. All right. So from speculation on comics to speculation on NFL free agency. <laughs> okay, sure. There we go. <laughs> that one works. Sure. It's time for uh, Jared Sports Reports playing a Where's Waldo of Aaron Rodgers. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. Yes, we're in the legal tampering period now in the NFL, which I don't really fully understand, but people like to be like, ooh, legal tampering, because NFL free agency doesn't really technically start until Wednesday the 15th. Boy, you wouldn't know that from everything that's out there. Oh, yes. Well, some interesting things have occurred. The New England Patriots will no longer have the services of Jacoby Myers. He signed a three-year, $33 million deal with Los Angeles. And by Los Angeles, I mean Las Vegas, because they used to be in Los Angeles, but now they're in Las Vegas. <laughs> with the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo also traded to the Raiders. So pretty much it's Patriots West. It's everybody that uh, Josh McDaniels ever wanted to work with, and now he's a chance to work with them again. So the Raiders making some big free agency moves. The Patriots got an offensive tackle. Woo! Yes. Aaron Rodgers, it was reported by Trey Wingo, even though it's not confirmed that it's all but a done deal, but he's also provided the Jets with a list of players that he would like brought in as well with him. So we'll see how that all plays out. But Yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't 
there's enough conflicting stuff out there and nothing official. I wonder how much anyone actually mm. knows. Yeah. Uh, the number one pick in the draft got traded away. It's now residing with the Carolina Panthers. You've got that. The Dolphins are making moves. People are like, oh, no, the Patriots haven't done anything, and now they're no longer going to be in the running for everything, or they're going to suck, and they'll be the worst team in the AFC East. Uh, although the Patriot, the Craft Force One, was seen um, potentially picking up Cortland Sutherland, so uh, that's a possibility that they pick up him. Is, top. is it time to tank? No, they're not going to tank, not with Belichick this close to Don Chula's record. Not time to tank. Plus, they have the 15th, 14th or 15th pick, so they can they have a pretty good high drift pick, uh, draft pick in the first round, so... I don't know. People are like, Patriots need to, like, it's like the me and they're poking it with a stick, like, come on, do something. So we'll see. People still think DeAndre Hopkins is a possibility. We'll see. His relationship with Bill O'Brien is, to say it was strained or non-existent, would be overselling it. So we'll see. Lots of things happening here in the NFL and the free agency period is opening up with all kinds of news and excitement. So you've got that going on. Still rumors of Tom Brady maybe still not fully retiring and ending up in Miami. Who the hell knows? I mean, he's said it a couple of times that he's definitely retired. That's true. He's like, as a man who just adopted a four-month-old kitten for his daughter, I don't have time for the NFL. As somebody who had a four- to six-month-old kitten dropped in his lap, I will tell you that is absolutely true. It does take a lot of time, effort, and energy to deal with a kitten. I don't know. He can pay someone. It's true. He can. I cannot. <laughs> no nannies for you? Yeah, I'm hoping that my house doesn't blow away and that the cat doesn't get blown away in it. Although, if I were in the house, I would also get blown away. So I guess it's... It's not a fun prospect to think of your house getting blown away. Hey, speaking of blowing, how about those Celtics? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a roller coaster right now. Things are back up against like two easy wins, no nothing, then start off a road trip against what? The Houston Rockets? No, no, I was going to think, are they the 15th seed in the West? Yeah, losing to the Rockets. There's a couple weird losses like that this week, like the number one seeded Nuggets lost to the Spurs. Like random crap like that has been happening everywhere. It's the beginning of load management season. People are going down. I mean, now Durant's down. Yeah, got, he got hurt in a warm-up. Yeah. Like, a bunch of big names are down right now. And it's, I mean, like, between Zion and LeBron. And mm -hmm. It just goes to show that, you know, load management, sure, but you can also get hurt getting on and off of a in and out of a truck or a car and on and off a bus, warming up for a basketball game. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, the West is, I'm not going to call it open, but how seating is going to play out in the West with, like, like 15 games left for everyone totally unclear yeah. no like, no one knows nobody knows like it's like okay we know that like denver is probably still gonna stay on top but anything after that it's like something yeah exactly the west is weird the east is less weird yeah that that loss to the rockets was annoying because it's like oh we can like close this it was like a one and a half game difference between celtics and milwaukee and now it's back open again it's like, oh, god damn it <laughs> guys it was the rockets the rockets the rockets they're trying to lose like the Rockettes, like the New York City dance troupe. Yeah, they might win right now against the Celtics. Who knows? Well, there you go. I don't know. They're on a road trip right now. We'll see how they do. I've one of those cases where it's just like, oh, it's the Rockets. They're a shitty team. We could just like waltz in here, not really try and win. And yeah, then you know someone tried and someone didn't. It's a good point. And that's kind of what happened. Boston Bruins, uh, first team in the NHL over fifty wins. So. Boston has that going for it. Good for them. New England Revolution starting their season off with a loss out on the West Coast. So there's that as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm very up on soccer. Me not. No. Not even a little. Nope. 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 Oh, yeah. That's right. That's a team. Yes, it is Mixes. a team. Hey, March Madness is right around the corner. It's also true. Uh, Selection Sunday happened. Alabama is the number one overall seed. Got to put my bracket together. Was going to do that tonight. 
but I don't have power or internet to do that. Ooh, there you go. Hard times. Uh, yes. Well, at least as of right now, maybe when I get home, there'll have been some sort of miracle. I doubt it. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's also why I'm going to plug the generator in at home and stealing our electricity now so I can have my mobile hotspot and laptop ready to go so I can at least do a little bit of internet. Great. All right, that it. That's it for sports. All right, we're going to move on from there to weird television facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. Coming at you with The Last of Us this week. Yes. As that is one of our topics. The Last of The Last of Us. So the opening scene for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, should I just do this with the episode? I'm like, no, I'm doing it here. Doing it here. Yes. Uh, where uh, Ellie's mother is giving birth to her, who uh, is played by Abby Johnson, who was the voice actress for Ellie in the games. Yeah, she was also on Growing Pains. I mean, people probably knew that. But here's the interesting thing about that scene. So the scene of um, her getting attacked by uh, an infected and cutting the umbilical cord and all that stuff, yeah. well, that was not in the game. Here's what's interesting about it, though. Yeah. Uh, that was a scene that was written out for a different game, a last of a spinoff game that was never produced. Oh, wow. So and there's been additional stuff that they've been pulling from, like, okay, here are, like, ways that we, we could have gone with this or things that we didn't do. So, like, there are all these ideas that are getting, that never saw the light of day. They're getting recycled for the show. I mean, and that's a pretty big scene showing like how she is immune and what happened at least to one half of her it's true parentage yes and how her mother lied about getting bitten after the you know like i got bit after i cut the umbilical cord not true yeah not true i don't know I th- yeah i thought that was interesting that um scenes are getting pulled from games that never happened and that we're probably not going to hear any by probably it's also said we're not going to hear anything about what those games either were or could have been in case the idea, more ideas that were already, you know, plotted out yeah. get recycled in different ways. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. That is the weird TV fact of the week. Well worded. Yes. <laughs> so very well, very uh, loquacious. Yeah. Lacutus. Nope, that's uh, coming up in the next segment. It is. Which I guess we'll do now. Hey, um, because we are recording this the day before uh, The Mandalorian comes out, that's why we're not talking about it this week. Mando. Yeah, sorry, schedule the way the schedule fell yeah i know so this week we're going to talk picard and the last of us so let's dive into screaming at streaming with picard so you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two avengers nope we're screaming at streaming so let's not waste another minute settle in sharpen your pencils and check this out episode four uh what was it called oh no win scenario love the title right yes. off the bat oh yes of, yes, of course. We all know it's the Kobayashi Maru thing. Ha ha ha. We, Again, the, we, we've been there. We've seen it. The homages to Wrath of Khan throughout this are fantastic. There's quite a bit of Khan in this. There's tons of Khan in this. I love this episode. I thought it was really, it dovetailed really well into 17 seconds. And it was like a classic two-part Star Trek Next Generation episode. Kind of things with a nice, ends with a nice cliffhanger. Everything resolves itself. And really, like everything has wrapped itself up from the first four episodes like yeah we've got it's kind of it's not like I'm, I don't there's a like lot it's... of stuff that has i mean we don't know what's going on with Worf. we don't know where geordi is or lore no or moriarty or like what's like this is not like a clean edit it's definitely the end of our little nebula story oh absolutely the end of our little nebula story and it sets up everything we've kind of established all right we've got we've got our villains we've got some motivation behind it we know that we've got changelings involved we know we've got you know, Picard has got a son now. 
what's the what are the changelings beef what are the founders is beef with picard or why do they need jack crusher what's going on with him his little fever dream at the end there so there's all kinds of interesting stuff we got more captain shaw fleshed his character out he is becoming my favorite character on the show yeah he's great he's really enjoyable he- I felt so smart, like piecing this together. I'm watching it. Okay, the guy's name is Captain Shaw, and he's giving the whole speech of. I, I did love the lines like, "The only Borg so evil they gave him a name." That was a great line, or whatever. It was something close to that. But giving his yes, uh, his name is Captain Shaw, named after the actor Robert Shaw, who played Quentin Jaws, and he does his version of the Indianapolis speech. The other thing I like about this too is it gives more background to why he refuses to call seven seven yeah because he has a deep-seated hatred for the borg not that i mean he shouldn't i mean the borg kind of suck yeah, i mean in like getting really shitty about like even the end of like picard season two of like making buddy buddy with the borg yes or yeah i mean and i love all it's such a great monologue and such a great performance like you're talking about um like the confusion he felt like when he was put on like that escape pod oh i mean it all fits so, like they're all waiting for orders they all try to do the right thing i mean it was the other side of the Kobayashi Maru, right? Like what's going on on when things aren't going well and things are just dire and not going to end well for anybody. Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. I don't really know what you do with him now because now that like they've gotten out of this situation away from the Sheik, like what do you do with that? Ca- like, are they still going to? I gonna- think it's the Shrike. Shrike, whatever. Sheik is like a like a Arabian leader. But, I mean, what do you do with that guy now? Like, is he, are they still going to be on the Titan? Like, is he, I know he's still in the show, but I don't really know where you go with him now. I know there's a ship that they haven't introduced yet. It's called um, the Wayfarer. I don't think that's been introduced yet. I remember that. Plus, we have an Enterprise happening. There'll be an Enterprise at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I I bet we, we'll get a flashback. Yes. We'll get a flashback with everyone de-aged. Cool. That's just a guess. I I think it was LeVar Burton said that they went back to the old ship, and I assume that's what he meant. The D or the E? The D. Ooh. So I bet we're going to get a old school flashback. Just a guess. We'll see. That'd be cool. Uh, oh, and you were right about the holodeck thing. I was. Yeah. There you go. I was wrong. You were right. They're... They were not in San Francisco. They were just on the Titan. Yes. In a little program. Or I like how it's, you know, when everyone thinks they're going to die, where do they go? A bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Did you, like me, when he's like, oh, perhaps something stronger, and he pulled out, was just regular Jameson whiskey? I thought he was going to pull out Aldebaran whiskey. I don't. What is it? It's green. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and um, I'm liking uh, the character of Jack more than I thought I would. Yeah, makes sense. Like, I don't, he seems like the kind of addition where I should be yelling at him, just like, get off screen and like trying to like, just kick his ass out of here. Like, but he's legitimately interesting and he's giving a good performance. I'm more engaged with him than I thought I would be. Yeah, me as, me as well. I like what he's doing. I like this scene with Picard. I like that Riker and Picard mend fences. Yeah, Riker's all about mending fences. Yeah, he also mending fences with Troy. Shucking asteroids at people. That was cool. I love and I love that he took that like they threw a ship at him earlier. He's like, you know what? Throw shit at you too. Yes. I love how the the line is, did you just throw an asteroid at him? (laughs) Yes, I did. There's a goddamn right. Goddamn right. That's the new Riker maneuver. (laughs) Riker maneuver two point oh. Throw an asteroid. Yeah. I did like um the solution to the problem. And I mean, very clearly uh, coming out of last week's episode, and I felt dumb for not saying it because they they kept it going, boy, it's a bioelectric thing. This this thing's alive. We've never seen anything like it. And they just kept on repeating. I'm like, I get it. You're going to use this thing to get out of it. I understand. Yes. But still. It so was hitting you over the head a little bit hard. But I liked what I liked about it was that 
all of our cast members that are there right now all played like an actual role. Mm, everybody it, had to do something to make this work. Yeah, and figuring it out like I mean, so often with these shows it is always like the bridge crew that does it, but it's like, you know, everyone kind of has their own assigned role. This was more of a group thing, I guess is the way to put it, like where everyone played a, a part and yeah. figuring it out. And sometimes I've seen this in TV shows and it feels forced like, ooh, everyone was a part of it or this person like they saw something that no one else could see. And this felt very organic and natural. And I liked for Crusher being away for like 20 years, being like, let's do that thing that like we always do and we're the best at. That's a good point. That was fun. I loved everything about that line. And you knew the engagement. I mean, the engagement was in the trailers and you saw it coming a million miles away, but engaged. Still great. Still great to see. Yes. I, again, they're just, they are, this show is delivering and it's, you know, I don't think I've, there's been an episode that hasn't really got me going and excited, and I can't wait to see where they go next with this. The Changeling stuff. Um, I don't know what's going because cl- I guess the Changelings must literally be all over Starfleet, like because otherwise the series of events of you know Picard and Riker stealing this one ship that just happens to have this guy that happens to have Jack Crusher like. That's that's too much coincidence, which means that they have to be everywhere. Oh, a hundred percent. For it's just it's more of a. I don't know, needle in a haystack kind of. Now, here's a question, just a, a random thought. Which one of the cast members is going to be a changeling? I don't know if they'll do that with anyone. Maybe, well, they already did that story in Deep Space Nine, and maybe if there was more room to play after this, that might be a thing, but it feels like that would be too much. Too obvious? I think that people would be upset that they were robbed of a character. That's fair. And that, that I don't know if everyone's going to make it out of the season is it, is it the same people that probably would have been upset if they were they were robbed by not having like when jr when they found out jr getting shot was all a dream <laughs> yeah it could be yeah that's a deep well, i had to dig deep for that one threw me off yeah well yeah. sorry about that oh the changeling stuff yes yeah i'm curious like why they're going after jack crusher what all those little visions are because it, it seemed like oh this is about picard and then now it's definitely not it's about him but why like we don't know what those visions are what that weird cut off your own hand and talk to your boss thing is i don't remember that from deep space nine no i don't remember that at all <laughs> it was a cool thing that i'm curious like what their chain of command here is outside of their big old puddle they all live in together except against these ones because they seem to be going rogue yeah these ones they have their pots that's all they need yeah they don't have the big lake of gooey people mm, the big the big changing orgy i can't for, just can't remember what it's called i can't remember either it's like the sea of wargu let's go with that yeah ragu that's a good mm-hmm. sauce um i'm enjoying the uh relationship the seven of nine and laforge relationship yes i am enjoying I think, that i think that's a fun little friendship that they're building that i like Yes. I also, like, clear as day could tell when they were setting up the changeling when they said, do you need help? No, we don't need help. And then LaForge walks in and be like, oh, yep, you're the changeling. Yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be a secret to the audience. No, no. I didn't think anyone was going, but wait, wasn't she just on the bridge? Exactly. No, no one did that. We all got it. Everyone got there. Mm-hmm. A blind man got there. That's true. <laughs> a changeling got there. Yeah. It's the only thing that's a little weird about them for me is like it looks good, but like the updated effect compared to like how it used to look is still like a little jarring. A little bit, yes. Like they definitely have more money and it looks better and more realistic, but there's something about the way it was before. I'm like, oh, I kind of like the simplicity of it. Mm. Well, you know what the original transporter effect was? Yes, water and glitter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and they stir it. Yep. I watched that Reading Rainbow episode. Yeah, let's go. It's a special feature on one of the Blu-rays. It is. 
It's also uh, the lights on the top of the transporter pad or the old yes, lights on the bottom of the transporter we pad. We all know. No, maybe there have been one person who didn't know, and now they know. No, we all saw that Reading Rainbow in the 90s. There are a lot of people who don't know what Reading Rainbow is. I think if you're watching Star Trek, you know what Reading Rainbow is. All right, fair enough. I think that was what like made me realize like what actors were. So like, wait a second, that guy's on a different show. He's not, and he doesn't have a visor. What is this sorcery? They fixed his vision. Why is Jordy telling me about books? Oh, different jobs. Different yeah, jobs. this Lavar Burton fellow looks a lot like Jordy LaForge. Like I've heard stories of people being about that with like Harrison Ford. Like, ooh, he was in Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and that's when it clicked for me. For me, I'm like reading Rainbow, bitches. Mm. That's how I knew. It's in a book. Take a look. Reading Rainbow. That's probably about all that I have for this episode. I like it a lot. Yes. And I'm still... It's going to be goddamn Jordy. He's coming, I bet. <laughs> Maybe this week. Yeah, at this point, it feels like so long without him. And also, I feel like, just based off of the trailers, wherever they go for to like recoup or repairs or to check it with Starfleet, that Jordy will be there. And that's why we see him like so angry mm-hmm. on the view screen. Oh, yeah. He's not going like, to be happy. Or maybe not. Maybe we still have one more without him because there's one clip in the trailer uh, where he's mad at Picard and he like yells like, you brought Worf into this? And we haven't got, like Worf hasn't. Yeah, Worf has not met up with Picard yet. Yeah, so maybe it's two out for Jordy. Maybe. We'll see. How many episodes is it? Ten. So we're almost halfway. Yeah. Run out of time. It's getting it's getting late early. Yeah, I could, I don't know. I think maybe two for Jordy. We'll see. I could All be right. wrong. That's, well. that's just a guess based off of trailer information. All right, I like it. That's a good, solid conjecture. Because we also know that Worf is back in this next episode because of a clip they released where he looks so fucking cool. I can't wait. Where they're very much leaning into the samurai thing of Worf. I love it so much. It's so cool. All right. Um. Yeah, I think that's probably it for Picard. They'll be headings before noon. All right. From there, we're going to move on to the Last of Us finale. We didn't need to pause there. There's no theme. No, no. We're but still screaming. It's habit. Yeah, we're still screaming and we're still streaming. I thought it was, I thought it was a good, good way to end and set the stage for what happens next. I think this was my least favorite episode. I agree. It felt like they were just. <clears throat> I would say that it's a good way to end, but getting to the the last twelve or fifteen beats of the show just felt very connect the dots and like oh my god we've got to wrap all of this up and we've i don't i don't have an issue well if anything i had an issue with it felt slow like especially like i I mean full spoilers for this i knew what the ending was like going in like it was just kind of like in my cultural osmosis i knew what the ending was so none of that surprised me some parts of the game have and haven't felt like this and i haven't really felt it in the last couple of episodes this one felt the most like a video game in a while, like of Joel just going through hallways, moaning oh, down yeah. people to save Ellie. Hey, if you haven't seen it, um, they accomplish their goal. They get to a hospital and they're going to create a cure for the virus. Yay. Except that means that they have to cut out Ellie's brain and she has to die. And Joel's like, nah, and he kills everyone. And it, that felt like a video game, like you up against just like a wall of people yeah. with guns and you just plow through them. And the way it was shot and like kind of like the muted sounds, like it made it, I don't know, like, kind of like slow and ethereal and like in a way that wasn't it didn't grab me in a sense of tension like the way that they presented that no and there were cool parts of it like i like when he gets into the operating room he just shoots that doctor immediately yeah i don't have time for this no goodbye but he lets the nurses live yeah so i mean there's parts of it like that which i thought were really good but just the way they decided to pace this episode and once we get to the other side of it once it gets ellie out and I mean, I, I commend the acting because I think he's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, he's, like, trying to be, like, a little, like, overly positive and trying to be, like, hey, remember how good things were with us before? <laughs> Can't we? We'll, we'll just go back to that. It'll just be you and me. It'll be yeah. all. But it's just, it's it's tonally, it was weird. All of Ellie's traumas 
are coming to bear here for her too. Yeah, and now she's like she all clearly does not believe him. Oh yeah. Does not a hundred percent. Like, oh, they decided there were more of you and they they couldn't do it anyway. And also, um there were raiders. Yeah. And they're dead now. The morality of it too, it's very weird. Like he has a chance to save humanity and he chooses not to. But also Ellie doesn't ever get the choice. Like that's such a wild morality question that gets asked all the time. Like if your death would ensure the survival of the species or provide a cure for a horrible disease, would you do it? Like it's easy to like I say. There's a Star Trek quote about that, and then there was a second Star Trek quote, quote that said the opposite. Ah, but like you know, what are your moral obligations? Where do they end? Do they end for you, or do your moral obligations like if you were the one chance to save everybody and it caught, it was going to be your life to do it? Like. Could you do it? Or could you sacrifice somebody else to do it? It's even a hard thing to parse out in this world because everything is so separated. There is no like centralized government. Everyone's spread out and is kind of looking out for their own best interests. Yeah, and like there's no guarantee that it was going to work, A. <laughs> Something that bugs me, and apparently this was in the game, so I, I can't fault the show for doing it. Like Marlene's there. I'm like, what do you need Joel for? <laughs> It's a good point. You're there. Yeah. You apparently got out and, you know, got over here and did and did it in better time than he did. So what was the point of him? That's a great point. What was the point of Joel? I, she got shot, right? Oh, yeah. I think she, yeah. But still, like, she made better time than him. Oh, yeah. So I was like, ah, Joel seems pointless to, like, your story. I mean, not to the story of, like, we're following, like, these characters. But, like, if you take it from Marlene's point of view, like, really? It took you this long? Yeah. I have been here a while. Yes. I, I And not to say that, like, I I didn't like it. It it's just the one that felt the weakest to me. Even though what you know, it's definitely one that's going to like spark debate among people about like like Joel's choice and all that stuff. But I just thought it was paced weird. That's really what it came down to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And if like other people don't feel that great, good for you. Like I don't know. Like I've I've just with, with everything. Like you kind of like a tone is set in a way that things are kind of executed as set, and you kind of like get used to like how a story in any respective universe is supposed to feel like throughout the course of that story. This one felt like it deviated. Like, and I, I liked the episode where like the show has deviated from its story, like doing like the Bill and Frank stuff or um, the flashbacks with Riley. Like those episodes still worked for me because they still felt like part of, it was, it was still like the same, like we're still hitting a lot of, um, I don't know, like the pacing of the beats that, that they all still felt consistent with the show versus this one felt like there was a bit of a departure. Yeah, this one did feel more like the cinematics in a video game than any else, anything else. Well, there's even part of it um, it's where they do lean on some of the game stuff, like to make Ellie part of the game. Boy, you spend a lot of time pushing her up on a ledge so she can go find a ladder. Yeah, <laughs> that was in there. I'm like, oh yeah, there's. The, I remember you doing yes. doing that a million times over. Go find a ladder or a beam or something. Yeah, that happened a lot in the games of lifting her up. So it's like, oh, I, I, I see. Well, yeah, and even I don't know, like. The last note it went out on didn't feel, and I, obviously there's going to be a season two, and they're going to get to continue it, but like that final beat didn't feel like it was wrapping a season. No. It felt like you were, more felt like it's time for a commercial break. It, yeah. it, it was just odd. Odd, but I think it also. Like, not bad, and it like hasn't, it, uh, I don't want it to be like, this was a terrible episode, and it ruined the show for me. I don't know, it was, it was just executed differently enough that I was like, eh, I'm not feeling this one as much. But I mean, that line is going to come back at some point where you know I'll I'll follow you anywhere you go, Joel. Like and the whole like um like uh, like are you telling me the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally not lying to you, except for I am. But do you know how many people I just killed? 
Yeah. He and I am fucking, trying to be chipper. He murdered a ton of people. But I think also, like, since Ellie's incident with the cannibals, like, her demeanor, like, she was already pretty worldly and already pretty, like, grizzled by everything. But I think that was one of the, like, of all the things that could, you know, that didn't break her, it was only a matter of time. And it's like, she is kind of broken. And even, like, that scene before they go into the hospital of, like, talking, like, you know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. It's like Joel almost knows something is not driving. I mean, the series overall uh, is pretty incredible. It's very well executed. Surprisingly few infected in this. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more. I think it's... it's The showrunners have said there's going to be more in season two where they're going to ex- like explore the hive mind thing that they introduced in the show. But yeah, um, very few infected. Problem is that... Uh, well, no, I won't ruin it for people that don't know what happens next. Oh, do you? I know what happens next. Yeah, I don't know as much about the second game as much as I do the first. I'm I'm aware of a couple of major moments that are coming. Yeah, I don't think I know how it ends. But, I can't remember uh, how it ends. I just know that. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, every <laughs> it's one of those like, yes, there's there's that biggie thing yeah. that's uh, coming. But yeah, I don't actually think I know how that one ends. Nope, not that I remember anyway. Well, there you go. You know what? Fix that. Quick trip to Wikipedia. Ah, uh, yes, the Wick. Um, and I know we mentioned her in the uh, weird TV facts. I did like getting Ashley Johnson in there to play Anna. Like, I thought she did a good job. And I like that the, the show is trying to connect, you know, the right kinds of things. It's like, it's not a big role, but it's an important role. It's a huge role. It was also one of those things they were talking about casting. Like when people, uh, cause there was like initial backlash about um, some of the casting and the creators were like, you know, she's in her thirties. She can't play a 15 year old girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that we're a little outside the range for that now. But I thought she did great. I thought no. that was a very interesting opening scene. And that, um, for as much as I was just saying, like, I, they didn't show enough of the clickers. I like the different, like, variations of, like, how far along they are in um, their de-evolution, mm. or however you want to call it. Like, the one that bit there, like, I love, like, that one was kind of in the middle. And I liked yeah. it. He was cool looking. <laughs> yeah. You got, the you got again, the, the cordyceps mouth with the tentacles, the, the tendrils coming out. Yeah. So creepy. Hey, overall, like, the show is pretty fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think it was well... Well executed first season, then plenty of material to draw on. You know, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey were fantastic in this. Yeah, there was never. I'm trying to think of like any. I really got hung up on any like bad performances, and nothing's coming to mind. No, I can't think of, of anything either. Yeah, really solid all around. I mean, I have a couple of gripes about this last episode, but like nothing major. Like if you're putting that like on the grand scale of this, like this is a. It's very well executed. Um. I mean, it's it falls under that category. It's like I wouldn't call it fun. It was entertaining, <laughs> but, yeah. But like, entertaining things don't always have to be fun, and don't always no. have to be. It was thought provoking. It was it, it had depth. Yeah, it had a lot. for a lot for a cool video game adaptation, there. it had a ton of depth. I think that's that's a good word to use. Lots of cool stuff in there. I really liked it overall. Yeah, which I mean, you know, hot take on that show that everyone likes. It's true, I liked it too. Yes. It'll be a good rewatch. I, I look forward to actually rewatching some of it. I don't know if I'll revisit it ever. I might, but I, I kind of want to play the game now. Well, you can. It's yeah, out there. True. They, they, boy, do they want you to buy that? It's been remastered and well, all that good stuff. Well, I can't. I can't tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't. Well, I mean, I could if I wanted to venture all the way into a store to buy a physical copy and then set my generator up to run my PlayStation and TV. It's possible. Well, then you'd have to connect the internet to get all the updates. Oh yeah. Hmm. And probably playing it in the dark at night during a storm probably would freak me out. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I'm looking forward to season two. Obviously, we're a ways off from that happening. Yes, but it set the table up really well for a season two. And if 
for some reason they don't get around to a season two. They will. I mean, they've it's already been announced. Yeah. It's definitely happening. And also, like, this is so insanely popular, there's no way a season two oh, isn't happening. 100%. But still, I mean, it could have ended here, and it would have been a great adaptation of a video game to a TV miniseries. Yeah, they're doing more. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way they're not. Well, there you go. The reign of Pedro Pascal shall continue. The Yeah, the man, it's the time of Pedro Pascal. It really is. He's been fun in small stuff, too, like, or I guess not small, but like, um, I really liked him in, uh, like, what was it, The Unbearable Way of Enormous success, Talent, whatever whatever it's called. With Nick Cage? Yeah. Whatever that movie is. He's really fun in that, too. Like, he's just, he pops up and he's just a good time. He was in Buffy. Yeah, I know. He was also, I thought he was really good in for Wonder like Woman 84. For, yeah, for as weird as that movie is. Yes. It's a weird movie. It is. A movie so weird that Wonder Woman 3 isn't happening. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. And Rogue Squadron. I don't know if that's Wonder Woman's fault. No, I don't think it's Wonder Woman's fault. All right. I guess that will do it. How are we doing time was? Yeah, doing fine. Yeah. Doing just fine. All right. That will do it for The Last of Us for a while. Yes. All right. Let's bring this bad boy home. It's time for letters to the editors. Lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can send those emails to editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Got a little bit of a... Send, send, send. This one got a little sassy this week. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, boy. Not terribly sassy. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Look, you always complain about editing. What does that actually mean? Oh, is it? Is that what the question is? Yeah. I'm paraphr- oh, okay. I'm slightly paraphrasing because um, my phone is upstairs charging because of, in case we lose power. The Yeah. The blizzard outside. Yeah. So I, I don't have my phone on me to uh, read said email. All right. But that was the gist. So talk to us about the editing. Well, you did some editing once. You had a podcast. I, I did. Yes. And then you went, huh, this is a lot of work. And then you stopped doing it. Well, that and things started happening again in the world. We weren't bored by COVID anymore. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> no, I mean. Like, this is difficult. Yeah. Do you want to speak to the process that you go through cutting a show? I mean, I can. I'm I'm pretty cheap. I just use free editing software that's out there. I mean, you can buy stuff that's, I don't even know how, like, depending on what you're doing. What we do is basic enough that I don't really feel the need to have more complicated software than I do. I just use something called Audacity. It's out there. It's free. Oh, the Audacity. And it's also one of those things, I don't even know if I would want to upgrade at this point because I'm, like... You're so used to it? I, like, I know all the shortcut keys and stuff, and, like, I, I just know my way... I, there's even more to that software that I don't even really know, but I know it well enough that it'd be like I don't want to learn something else at this point. Mm. And even like they keep on telling me like there's an update that like changes like this and this. Do you want to do it? And I keep on saying no. Stick to what I know. <laughs> wow. But I mean the actual editing process itself for as long as a show is, that's usually about how long it takes me to edit it. And I when I'm editing, I'm listening to them at two times speed, and it still takes me like an hour to do. The big thing is you're cutting out like pauses. Times we go on tangential conversations. Yeah, it's a lot of it is just cutting out um, ums. Yeah, that's a, yes. A lot of it is cutting out ums, dead air. The nice thing about doing it like this with us recording it is like I'm aware of everything that's coming, so I can go like, oh, I know this conversation doesn't actually like materialize into anything, or oh, this went on too long. So I can kind of like be cutting it as I go. Versus I have um, another job where I do I do edit podcasts for other people and those take me even longer because i don't know like what's coming mm. and like what i have to do so like that's hearing it like fresh for the first time so it's a lot easier editing this because i i know what we did yeah and you know unless it's like the halloween episode and i'm so drunk i don't remember what we did so that's always an adventure <laughs> for you you're like oh this is a new surprise yeah what did i say yeah exactly cool. and i mean for, for this i also like the ability to edit stuff because 
I, I don't know. I, I just like to be able to like control what I'm, I'm putting out into the world versus like handing it off to someone else. True. Like I would have to have a high level of trust for someone. And not that like we say like horrible, horrible things, but sometimes I know like, oh, this sounds like weird or dumb. It's like, I just want to be able to con- control that. I will say that we've gotten much better. At least I feel like we have in trying to record the show as if we're doing it live and not doing takes on something that you're trying to piece together. We try to, it's a lot. I I look at it a lot like like a game show that they do it in front of a live audience, but they do edit it afterwards to take care of transitioning yeah. between certain things or cleaning some things up or making it feel a little more seamless. There's a really good documentary about the prices, right? And one of the producers, they would they would try. They worked so hard to do the show right the first time that the editing didn't like they didn't have to edit for time. It was done. It was perfect ready to go like where we don't have a set time block sometimes we we fluctuate on that a little bit no, like i, I try was... and keep it about an hour no but i mean there have been shows that have been like 40 minutes there have been shows that have been an hour and 40 minutes yeah and part of i mean some of the stuff i do is like i hope people don't hear i know i listen to podcasts some t- like one i can't stand listening to a show that like is unedited like they're horrible I mean, part of what i is like cutting out just even like background noise like you would for anything but there's um stuff that i do like this is a silly like if there is an um like one like that is nice and clean like i could just cut it by itself and this is something that you're um bad at is you will your ums some of them are but some of them are not isolated you'll start a send you'll be like and here we go from there like yeah your um will like lead into the sentence so a lot of those i have to lead and sometimes i'll try and cut them out and then i you know, try and make it so it doesn't sound like a hard edit, like it was just like a regular thing. And sometimes you can hear that, and sometimes I think no one's gonna notice, and I'll, I'll just move on. Like no. if if there's like a fraction of a second that's like sounds like a little jagged, I'm like, eh, whatever. That I, is, I, one I thing. usually try. I make it sound like it's all just one big thing, but like, and I hear that with other. What I was about to say, like other people's shows that get edited, like a lot of times I can like like well like professional like things like oh i can like i can hear edit points but i feel like 99 percent of people listening to this stuff no one would ever notice or care no there you go so that's the peek behind the curtain on the editing yeah takes a while but i, I think it's worthwhile makes it, for a better product yeah and it's crazy when i think about it sometimes because sometimes it's like between what i do and like sometimes it'll be like a 10 or a 12 minute difference and sometimes not as much now like earlier on when we were doing it there'd be like just cutting out the dead air would cut about 10 minutes out of everything. Well, we, we didn't know what we were doing. No, and there's a lot less of that. Like, there's less dead air that gets cut out. And sometimes I think about, like, oh, man, I just put all that time into it. And there's, like, maybe a two to three minute difference in the, the finished product. But the, the way I kind of, like, put it in my own brain to make myself feel better about, like, oh, man, it was, like, only that small. Like, imagine listening to people just say, um, straight for three consecutive minutes. And that would drive me up a fucking wall. They so, would. <laughs> like... That, that's the term that I think about it. It's like, that's just all that crap that people don't want to hear is gone. Exactly. I don't know why you keep me in the show. You could edit uh, me out every week. Well, I'm always, and the other thing too, I'm always afraid that like people are going to get bored. So I'm, I try and keep it going into pretty quick clip. Yes. No, an hour's, keep, an hour's a long time. Keep people engaged. That's, I don't know. That's the length of a podcast that I like to listen to. Like half an hour feels like Rush. too short and anything over an hour. I'm like, you were asking for a big commitment of my time. In general, an hour, you can listen to that on a commute to and from work. Yeah, I think that that's the sweet spot, I think, for podcast length. But that's just my opinion. All right. That it? That is it, I think. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Help pay Zach a dollar a month. That gets you the show the day we record it, and he edits it because, you know, he's a hardworking man slaving over that laptop. That's what I got to go do right now. Exactly. Before the power goes out. I can still edit if I don't have power. That's a good point. Anyway, 
dollar a month show before uh, the show the day it comes out. Plus, you get access to things behind the paywall, including Pod to the Dark Tower. Yep. Episode two is being recorded tomorrow. Officially, uh, we, we have right. slotted that. We made a schedule this week. We're like, what are we doing? And it was like it came down to like we could either do it Monday night or Wednesday night, and we're gonna do it Wednesday night. Wednesday, 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 because every other day is not an option. Well, there week. you go. So it came down. I was like, we doing it tonight. We doing it Wednesday. All right. So we decided on Wednesday. So Pod to the Dark Tower. Plus, you can also get Buffy back issue bin and all kinds of cool stuff there. Patreon.com/slash Editors Note Comics. You can interact with the show. Email us Editors Note Comics at gmail.com. And you can also rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find Zach on Twitter. Just look up Editor's Note Comics. Yeah, you're there, too, doing something. Who At knows? Junior Rich. I don't know what oh, you're doing. Tweet about not having power tonight. Oh, great. Riveting. Yep. It's dark. All <laughs> right. We'll be back next week. I don't know what we're doing. I can tell you it's not Shazam because I don't care enough. Oh, there you go. <laughs> don't want to pay for money. Pay for something that I don't really care you don't about. Pay, you don't want to pay for money? It seems like it's kind of counterintuitive to what money's for. I guess gambling is paying for money, isn't it? I mean, I used to buy coupons. You're dead to me. (laughs) I was very into couponing for a while. Well, couponing can be fun. All right, we'll be back next week not talking about couponing. Bye. Bye.